What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the OK Lord podcast. I'm so hyped to have you listening in today. You could be doing anything else, but for whatever reason, you are listening in. So thank you so much. Um, Guys, it has been so much fun recently getting to share with you guys things that have been revealed to me. I've gotten to really understand more about the depth of God's heart and I love being able to share that with you guys because sometimes I like I learn something new about God's heart and I'm like what do I do with it now like I always feel like I need to share this with people because we all we all deserve to know more about God and who he is so I'm so glad that I get this opportunity to really share with you guys more about God and who he is So I had a friend recently tell me, he said, I really just want to know more about God. I want to know him more. And he was like, and not just for what people have told me or from what I already know, but I want to actually know him. And guys, I think that that is such a real thing. Like we go a lot of our lives. I mean, for some of you, maybe a lot of your lives, maybe a little bit of time hearing about who God is or what you've learned in Sunday school or what you may have heard from me even. And you've heard about these things, but you haven't really tried to learn about God and who he is for yourself. And I just want to start out by encouraging you to start reading God's word, start reading the Bible. And if you don't know where to start, I I love to tell people to start in John. It's one of the gospels. We've gone through it um, a few stories from that in this podcast. But within the Bible, you learn more about who God truly and really is. And for a long time, I was trying to figure out who God was without even reading his word or without even talking to him. Like I was trying to grow closer to God without actually being with God. And that was such, (laughs) such an obstacle for me to come up, like to overcome because I was trying to be closer to God without God, which is just a really funny thing. But I, my friend, when he told me that he wanted to grow closer to God and actually know who he is and not just who people say that he is, I admired that so much. And like I said, I just want to encourage you guys to really try to get to know God for yourselves. Don't just take my word for it, but actually go and spend time with God. Read his, read the Bible, read his word. And he will also begin to reveal these things to you too about his heart. But today I just wanted to share another part of scripture that God really gave me a new perspective on um, a couple months ago. And I find that God continually blows my mind over and over and over again because the more I read his word the more I learn about his heart and the more that I fall more in love with Jesus and like I said this is like this can happen for you too it's not just oh Kaylee's so close to the Lord ooh la la no like you can have this too you the person listening to this can have this too Not that it's something to be attained, but just walking with God, you learn more about who he is. So basically over the summer, I started reading the Beatitudes. And if you don't know what the Beatitudes are, they are, what is it? Eight different verses about Jesus saying people who are blessed, that they're blessed about things that are happening in their life. And I think that we read this and we kind of get the gist, but a different part of God's heart was revealed to me when I was reading the Beatitudes and like 
I really just wanted to come and reveal or not reveal I wanted to share this with you guys because it really did blow my mind so today we're going to be rea- we're going to be reading the Beatitudes so the Beatitudes are in Matthew 5 if you don't know who Matthew is Matthew was one of Jesus's disciples who followed Jesus um, and he was a really good friend of his and he heard Jesus and he heard Jesus give this teaching about the Beatitudes, and he wrote it all down for us to know, and for us to learn from, and us, for us to know more about God himself. And it's funny, when I had always read the Beatitudes before, I had read them as something that I can learn more about myself. Like, I was always like, okay, cool, this is about me. Like, God, Jesus is just saying this, so then I can learn more about how I can deal with my situations that I'm in. I always viewed the Beatitudes in a very selfish manner, and I don't think that it's necessarily wrong to look at the Beatitudes and be like, oh yeah, this is so comforting. I don't think that's a wrong thing at all, but I think that there's another layer to scripture that we can uncover, another layer to the onion that can be opened up when we look at scripture as, what can I learn about God? What does the scripture say about God? when I read this. So when I looked at the Beatitudes from that perspective, it immediately shifted the way that I looked at it, the way that I read it, because it was no longer about me, but it was all about God, which is so cool. So we're starting in Matthew 5, verse verse 1. It says, seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. So Jesus came and sat down on the mountain, and he started talking. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So that is what the Beatitudes are. He says blessed so many times and he's talking about people who go through these specific situations and how they're blessed. And when I was reading this the first time, okay, so I was like, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, and those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, and those who are reviled and persecuted. So I I understood, I was like, okay, so these are all the ways that people are blessed. Um, and it's funny because all of these things, when we hear them, the poor in spirit, those who mourn, and all the others, they all have like a really negative connotation or a negative experience associated with them. But Jesus, he, sorry, voice crack, ooh, um, Jesus explains the reward and the outcome of all of these things. And he shows the temporary nature of the pain and suffering, which is super cool. But um, we're going to go through each of the ways that somebody is blessed. And we're going we're gonna to go through and just kind of unpack it a little bit. So, first of all, my study Bible, it explains that blessed is a state of well-being in relationship to God. 
So we're going to come back to that later. But, you know, we hear the word, oh, I'm so blessed. Yeah, like, it's also of joy. And and how does the, the Got Questions app explain it? It says that blessed, blessed means happy, blissful, or literally to be enlarged. So Jesus is saying when you are experiencing these things, then you are blessed. But yeah, I thought it was really interesting how blessed is a state of well-being in relationship to God. But then it goes on to say, this is all from my study Bible. This is not stuff that I <laughs> that I figured out myself. So all credit to my study Bible. It says that the poor in spirit are those who recognize that they need God's help. Which I thought for a long time that the poor in spirit, I was like, oh, those who are just super sad. <laughs> I was just like, oh yeah, that's what poor in spirit means. But it really means those who recognize that they need God's help. Like those who recognize the weight of their own sin and how we need saving from our own sins. They're blessed. We are blessed when we understand the weight of that. And then those who mourn, blessed are those who mourn. It means recognizing one's sin should lead to mourning and longing for God's forgiveness and healing. Like we mourn how broken we are. It kind of goes along with the poor in spirit, but we mourn that we are so sinful and that we need God's forgiveness and healing. And then it says the meek. For a long time I heard this word and I didn't know what it meant. But it says the meek do not assert themselves over others in order to further their own agendas and their own strength. So that really blew my mind that when we don't assert ourselves over others for our own agendas, trying to push them on other people, like it's a really beautiful thing. We're blessed. And those who hunger and thirst for righteousness long for God's righteous character to be evident in people's lives. And the peacemakers are those who promote God's message of peace through Jesus, the Messiah, and they will receive the ultimate reward of being called sons of God. But basically, it just goes on and on. And it talks about all of these, what the meaning, oops, I dropped my Bible, <laughs> what the meaning behind all of these are. So you're blessed if you're poor in spirit, if you are mourning, if you are meek, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, if you are merciful, you are pure in heart, if you are peacemakers, if you are persecuted for righteousness' sake, reviled and persecuted. And as a result of all these things, we shall be in the kingdom of heaven, be comforted, we shall inherit the earth, be satisfied, receive mercy, see God, and be called sons of God, and have great reward, great reward in heaven. And it's really funny because when we read this, we're like, okay, I don't want to be in the morning. I don't want to be poor in spirit. I don't want to be meek. I don't want to hunger up thirst for righteousness. Like we read some of these things, right? And we see the end result of inheriting the kingdom and inheriting the earth and being satisfied and receiving mercy. We're like, I want the second part. I don't really want to deal with the first part of being poor in spirit and, and everything like that. And it's really interesting because when I was reading this, I realized that we long to be in the kingdom of heaven, to be comforted, to inherit the earth, to be satisfied, to receive mercy. We desire to see God. We long to be called sons of God, and we long to have great reward in heaven. And we, because we desire these things, are always tempted to go and try to find them in all of the wrong places other than God. But it's funny because Satan 
tried to convince Jesus when he was on this earth. He tried to tempt Jesus, saying that Jesus could have all of these things if Jesus himself bowed down to Satan to worship him. And immediately we see the lie that is spoken by Satan, that we are able to attain the earth, like the kingdom of heaven, inherit the earth. We are able to be comforted, be satisfied, receive mercy and see God, be called sons of God and have great reward in heaven if we were to follow the world's ways of living, if we were to bow down and worship Satan. Now, I'm not saying that all of us are bowing down to Satan worshiping him. Not necessarily, no. But we are choosing the path of of the world, of Satan, because we are not following Jesus. And I just want to combat that lie right now, that like these things are only attained through Jesus. So Satan really tried to convince Jesus and be like, yo, if you bow down to me, you will inherit the earth, be satisfied, receive mercy. But Jesus knew who he was, so he didn't bow down to Satan. He said, no, I know who I am. And I'm not going to bow down to you, Satan. So just, just saying that we get to do that in our own lives too. It's just really interesting that Jesus encountered every single one of these things, or he was one of these things. He experienced being poor in spirit. He experienced recognizing that humans need God's help. He understood that. He, he mourned. He longed for God's forgiveness and healing over every human on earth. He was meek. Jesus did not assert himself over others to, to further his own agenda and his own strength. No. He was a meek person. He was gentle and lowly in heart. He, he didn't assert himself over others. He took the form of a servant for us to die for us. Jesus hungered and thirsted for righteousness. He longed for God's righteous character to be evident in people's lives. He was merciful towards people. He showed them so much mercy. Jesus was so pure in heart. He was a peacemaker. And he was also persecuted and reviled for righteousness' sake. Which I think is just a beautiful thing because... Jesus was tempted and he lived this human life and he experienced and encountered every single one of these things or he was every single one of these things. So when he's saying that that we are blessed when we are meek or all of these things, he's being legit, guys. Like we genuinely are blessed because Jesus also experienced these things. He also was these things. And it really unlocked a part of God's heart to me because it's no longer, I don't know, I didn't view view this scripture anymore as like, okay, I will be comforted, blah, blah, blah. No, Jesus was blessed because he went through these things. And because if Jesus went through them, then we are definitely blessed if we also encounter them. And this just shows too that Jesus would never call us to do something that he himself wouldn't do. And he goes even a step forward and he loves us. He died and and he was a sacrifice for us, for our sins. He never calls us to do anything that he wouldn't do himself. But basically, when I was reading these Beatitudes, when I read that blessed is a state of well-being in relationship with God, I started thinking about how if I experience these things, then I'm in good relationship with God. But also, I was thinking, the perfect relationship with God was in the Garden of Eden. 
that's when it occurred. So I started thinking back to the Garden of Eden, and I started thinking about how many of these things were evident in the Garden of Eden before and after sin entered the world. So the poor in spirit, that was that was definitely evident in the garden, right? Like after they sinned, they recognized, Adam and Eve recognized that they needed God's help because they immediately felt shame and that they needed help. They couldn't do it on their own. They mourned because they recognized their own sin, that it could lead to mourning and in longing for God's forgiveness and healing. I mean, immediately as soon as they sinned, they experienced the need for God that they had. Meekness. They they did not assert themselves over others in order to further their own agendas and their own strength. Like, I don't know. The pure in heart. They were pre- pure in heart before they had sinned. And they hadn't been deceived yet, so they were still pure in heart. And the peacemakers... They were full of peace. And I mean, all of these things that we experience reflect God in some way. God is all of these things. Except for poor in spirit and mourning. God came down as a human and experienced that on our own behalf. So that he would die for us and so that we could be free. But I just think so much about how this how the Beatitudes just scream restoration. Because there's like a before and an after of before the fall and then after the fall. Like after the fall are all the first things that were said. Poor in spirit, mourning, hunger and thirsting for righteousness, persecution. Like a lot of those things were present in the garden after the fall. But the things that that Jesus says afterwards, inheriting the kingdom, comfort, Inheriting the earth, being satisfied, having mercy, seeing God, being called sons of God, and inheriting the kingdom, they were all present before the fall. So in these beatitudes, the Lord revealed to me that restoration will occur, that God will restore Eden back to the way that it was originally intended to be, where we will inherit the kingdom of heaven, inherit the earth, be comforted and satisfied and receive mercy and that we will see God again and we will be called sons of God and I just think it's such a beautiful image of God's heart for us he doesn't just leave us hanging he says okay you're poor in spirit okay yours is the kingdom of heaven back to the way that it was originally in the garden of Eden okay you're mourning you will be comforted in the same way that you were in the Garden of Eden. Oh, you're meek. You will inherit the earth. Your hunger and thirsting for righteousness, you will be satisfied the same way that you were satisfied in the Garden of Eden before the fall. You're merciful. You will receive mercy. You're pure in heart. You will see God. You will see me the way that you saw me in the Garden. You're a peacemaker. You will be called sons of God, the same way that Adam and Eve were children of God. Oh, you're persecuted for righteousness. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. And when I really understood that the Beatitudes are not necessarily all about us, but they're all about how God is restoring, it blew my mind that Jesus experienced all of these things too. And yet he was blessed. 
So if we're experiencing them, aren't we blessed? Doesn't that mean that we're in a well-being relationship with God? And someday we will be restored to the perfect, the perfect relationship with God where nothing can come between any of us and we will be reunited with God in heaven. And that is restoration. Like God is restoring Eden in this world and in our own hearts because he allows us to experience these bits of blessing here on earth so that we can experience a glimpse of heaven a glimpse of of eden and it just blew my mind the after effects all explain eden the kingdom of heaven comfort inheriting the earth being satisfied experiencing mercy seeing god and being called sons of god and inheriting the kingdom of heaven something that i find interesting about the beatitudes is that the first beatitude is blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and then the last one is, blessed are those who persecuted, who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He mentions the kingdom of heaven twice in here, and it's the first and the last verse, which just shows that restoration all starts and begins, or it all starts and ends with the kingdom of heaven. Restoration can only come from God himself. And when we follow him, when we follow in Jesus' steps, we will experience all of these things. But he says that we are blessed because we are in relationship with him. So that was just what God revealed to me this summer. God promises to restore Eden someday, to, to restore this earth back to the way that it was originally intended and even better. And God is restoring each and every single one of us when we are following him. And you are blessed when you experience these things. I hope that all of that made sense. But it just blows my mind how God is constantly restoring and redeeming. Thank you guys so much for listening to the OK Lord podcast. I pray that this blessed you in some way and that it encouraged you. And that it revealed some part of God's heart to you. I don't know what that is. But I encourage you to go and see for yourself who God really is. Because he's so good. And I pray that you can experience that for yourself. And dive into his word and see and learn who he truly is. But again, thank you so much for listening to the OK Lord podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. I pray that this blessed you in some way. And I cannot wait to chat with you guys next time on the OK Lord podcast. See you guys.